glory. Something got a hold of me. Praise the Lord. Hey Amen. I'm, I'm thankful today the same revival that's breaking out in Hong Kong is happening right here in Whiteland, Indiana. And a bunch of busy folk who got all kinds of other stuff they could be doing right now got a desire to come to God's house and to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm thankful to be in the presence of the Lord today. Stand with me all over this house as we get ready to turn to the word of the Lord. Amen. We're so excited to see what God is doing in these last days. The miracles he's performing, the lives he's transforming. Amen. And the things that he's putting back together. We serve a good God today. If you believe that, shout out yes. We serve a good God today. I want to turn your attention today to the book of 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. We're going to be taking our text today through verse 1 through 4 of the book of 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Verse 1 through 4, we'll jump down, amen, to verse 33 and 34. Right after that, we are reading in our text today the Apostle Paul is dealing with some things in a church that he started. He's dealing with some things that we see if we open our eyes and we look around in the world that we're living today that the church is still dealing with. We see that as Paul is, is ministering to this body, he's dealing with some things. He's taught them. He's preached to them. He's delivered the truth to them. He's taught them the plan of salvation. He's taught them the, the birth, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And here he is somewhere along the way this church begins to doubt the resurrection. The Lord deals with the Apostle Paul, and he begins to reassure the church of the things that he has taught them. Can I tell you today, the Lord does not need us to reinvent the gospel. You know, people are trying to reinvent the gospel. The Lord doesn't need us to reinvent the gospel. He just needs us to declare the gospel. Scripture is of no private interpretation. The truth is the truth. And the Lord wants everybody to have the truth today. It takes the truth to make you free. It takes the truth to make you free. The apostle's dealing with some things about the resurrection here. And he's reaffirming to these folks, the church in Corinth, amen, the gospel that he has taught them is not Paul's gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul didn't write it. Paul didn't come up with it. Paul didn't invent it. He's just declaring what the Lord has revealed to him. Amen. And we, we take our text today from, from the book of 1 Corinthians, the, the 15th chapter. Before I begin reading, can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for all of our visitors today? We're so thankful to have you in the house of the Lord. We got Devin with us today and his mother with us today and we're so thankful to have her amen with us today and we have um, my uncle Ernie and my aunt Mary with us today 
Amen. And we're so thankful to have them. It's been a while since we got to see them. We got some folks that have been out sick that haven't been able to be with us. We're thankful to have Sister Twyla with us and Sister Peggy with us and Sister Stacy with us. Amen. Um, and Sister Diane was out a little bit sick. And we're thankful to have her back with us today. It's a privilege. Man, I tell you, man, watching those videos of Hong Kong, realizing those people are waiting for their oppression to come back. They won't even be able to serve the Lord freely. Here we are, standing in the house of the Lord. There's no policemen and no uh, military men standing outside with guns preventing us to come in here. We're a free people today. We're a privileged people today to live, a, amen, to live in the land of the free and to be able to worship God the way we do. Amen, and we're thankful for that today. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, shout yes if you're there. If you don't have your Bibles, it's provided for you on the screen behind me. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the Apostle Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also ye have not just heard me preach it, but you have received it, he said, and wherein you stand. So now, you've heard it preached, you've received it, and you're standing in it. Verse 2 says, By which also ye are saved, if... How many know the fact that we can be saved? There's an if. There's a, he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. The apostle says, By which also ye are saved, if... You keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Jump down to verse 33 with me. In between these passages of Scripture, the Apostle Paul begins to reaffirm to them where Christ has been seen and to reassure them that all things are under the Lord's feet. Then in verse 33, he gives us some very good advice. Amen. Look at verse 33 with me. If you would, the Apostle says, Be not deceived. I tell your neighbor, be not deceived. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. My Lord, have mercy. If there ever was anything in your Bible you need to memorize, you need to memorize that verse today. Be not deceived. Evil communications can corrupt your good manners. But the apostle went on to say, Awake. Wake up, church. Wake up to righteousness. Stop that sinning. Wake up to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. And I speak this to your shame. The three stooges, which are the world, the flesh, and the devil are out to destroy 
the people of God. The three stooges, the world, the flesh, and the devil are the enemies, the adversaries of our soul. I want to speak to this body today for just a few moments on what I have called the three stooges. The three stooges. Let's lay our Bibles down in our seats for a moment. Let's lift up a hand clap of praise unto the Lord before we're seated all over this house. If he woke you up this morning, started you on your way, there's food on your table and clothes on your back and gas in your car and health in your body, you ought to give him some praise all over this house today. I'm thankful to be in the mercies and the graces of the great God of Israel today. He's a wonderful Savior, and I appreciate His goodness and His mercy. The Lord bless you. You may be seated today. Amen. I want to minister to this body for just a few moments on the three stooges. Okay. Season, okay. Sister Lissy back there. Yeah, let's Sister Lissy back there. Amen. Let's all pray real quick. Stretch your hands towards uh, Sister Erica. She's been battling these seizures. We believe the Lord can touch her today. Lord, we love you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, this is your house. These are your people. This is your child today, God. There's nothing we can commend into your hands you're not able to do today, Lord. We ask for mercy and grace. Touch this family. Touch this marriage. Touch this home Touch your body today, Lord. We give it to you today in the name of Jesus. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. We hand you these seizures today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Is she coming out? Is she, she okay? Yeah? Good? Amen. Let me tell you something. Our health is something we should be thankful for today. Amen. Every aspect of our life, we need to place it in the hands of God. Amen. We're, we're praying for Sister Erica. Amen. And this family, the Lord will touch her health. She okay? We don't need to call the ambulance or anything. She she good? Brother Ricky, okay. Good, go. All right. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated today. <clears throat> Amen. We're thankful that the Lord is good today. Amen. How many know that we have, as crazy as it may seem, things that seek to destroy us? You know, when children grow up, Brother Brad, it's, it's hard to get them to understand that there are people in this world, places that are unsafe for them to go, people that would kill them and not even think twice about it. Sometimes it's hard for us as the people of God. We think about the goodness of God, and we think about the mercies of God, and we think about the victories that God has given us. Sometimes it's hard for us to truly comprehend that there are forces that seek to destroy us and seek to take away 
what God has in store for us today. I have been in ministry long enough now. I have I've pastored long enough now to watch people who have just come into the church and brand new converts come into the church and and I watch these people receive the Holy Ghost and I watch their lives be supernaturally changed and I watch their hearts be supernaturally changed and I watch their lives transform in an instant and in a moment and I watch them submit to God and I watch their lives turn around and then I have been in the church long enough to watch people who have been in the church for a long time and still seem to struggle continually with these three stooges. The world, the flesh, and the one that's behind them both, the devil. And I watch people who are not willing to submit to God, people who try to live for God halfway, who people, people who, who, who try to keep one foot in Egypt and one foot in Canaan and one foot in the church and one foot in the world. And I see these people continually struggle with the things that they will not give to God. How many know the Holy Ghost can do more in 60 seconds than what we can do in many, many years? <laughs> Come on. Let me tell you something. Somebody who is, somebody who is uh, a virgin apostolic, someone who has not been indoctrinated and corrupted with false doctrines can walk through this door and hand their life to God and God can miraculously transform their life in a moment while many of us who have been in the church all of our life indoctrinated with things struggle with the flesh, with the world, and with the devil, the three stooges. We, we, we struggle with these things, and we, we struggle because of our inability to submit and to surrender these things into the hands of God. The Holy Ghost can do more in seconds than what we can achieve in years. And Sometimes, church, the truth is instead of getting in God's will, we get in God's way. And sometimes uh, instead of doing what God would have us to do, we want to do what we want to do. And instead of us finding ourselves in the will of God, we find ourselves getting in God's way and stopping God from doing what God wants to do. The late Billy Cole used to say these profound words. I was thinking about this this week. This is what he used to say. He said, dealing with a demonic spirit is much easier than dealing with a human spirit. I was pondering on that this week. I was thinking about the words that he spoke. And the Lord began to re reveal to me the reason why he used to say that is because when it comes to a de demonic spirit, when it comes to an evil spirit that someone is filled with, the Lord can cast that thing out. Uh, we, we read in the Bible how Jesus cast out evil spirits from people. 
Come on, Mother Peg read just a few moments ago about a man who found himself naked and tormented by evil spirits. But the Lord came and the Lord spoke to those evil spirits and he cast those evil spirits out of that man. And the next time they saw him, they found him clothed and in his right mind. Dealing with a demonic spirit is easier than dealing with a human spirit. You know why? Because a human spirit is something that has to be handed over by the individual who's in control of it. (laughs) That's why it's so much easier for the Lord to just cast the devil out than for the Lord to take over your own will. He won't take over your own will. He won't force you to do anything. He He won't make you do anything. Amen. And it's easier to cast out a devil than it is to to overcome a human will or a human spirit. An evil spirit can be cast out. But each individual has to submit their own spirit to God. I watch it all the time. I see it on a weekly basis. I pay attention to these things that You can be living in the church and the devil using your flesh against you. How many can testify to that today? You can be sitting right here in this sanctuary, numbering yourselves with these men and women and children of God, and the devil will use your flesh against you. You can find yourself faithful to the house of God, a regular member of the house of God, and the enemy will use your mind against you. Huh? Come on. The flesh, the world, and the devil. Adversaries to your soul today. That's why we teach the doctrine of separation, because it protects the flock of God. Huh? Now look. It ain't popular. A lot of people don't like to hear, come out from amongst them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Come on, people start tucking their toes under their seats when you start talking about the doctrine of separation. But what they don't realize is we're actually trying to protect them from worldliness, trying to protect them from their flesh and trying to protect them from the devil himself. That's why we teach these things. That's why we preach these things, because it protects the flock of God. It puts them under the supervision of the good shepherd. How many know we need a good shepherd? We need a good shepherd in our life. We need the Lord's protection. We need the Lord's provision. We need the Lord to oversee our lives. We need the Lord to lead us so we don't get out of the safety of the flock That's why we teach these things. Church, you can't be in better hands than in the hands of Jesus. You can't be in better hands than in the hands of the church. The worst mistake you could ever make is get upset about something that somebody done and leave the church. You can't be in better hands than be in the hands of the church today. You can't be in better hands than in the hands of of Jesus today. But listen, if you go to the church and you're not submitted to the church You're going to continually struggle with these three stooges. Your flesh, your worldliness, and the devil. You're going to continually struggle with these things because the truth is you can't protect somebody who doesn't want to be protected. Hmm? 
You cannot protect somebody who doesn't want to be protected. It's kind of like a woman who stays with a man that beats her. You can offer her a place to stay till the cows come home. You can call the police and they can come out, but if she don't want to press charges, there ain't no marks on her body. You can't protect somebody who doesn't want to be protected. And we battle with these things and we struggle with these things. The truth is, you can go to the church, but if you're not submitted to the Lord and you're not submitted to the church, you're going to continue to struggle with these things, and you cannot protect people that don't want to be protected. Look at Samson. Samson was a man who had the protection of God, but he didn't want it. How crazy is that to think that we could, Brother Tommy, we could have God's provision and God's protection and reject it. We do exactly what Samson did. We do it. We do it. The church does it. The people of God do it. Samson had the protection of God upon his life. All he had to do was not tell the world where his strength was at. He had the protection of God. He had the strength of God. God's plan for Samson's life was to destroy the Philistines. But you know what? He didn't want it. He didn't want it. You know what he wanted? He wanted a worldly woman, so he went out and he got him one. You better think about that, young people. He wanted him a worldly woman, so he went out and he got him one. He had the protection of God in his life, but he didn't want the protection of God in his life. All he had to do was not tell her that if he cut his hair, he would lose his strength. One day he gave in to his flesh, which gave in to the worldly woman in his life who was used by the devil to destroy Samson's purpose in his life. Let me tell you something. These three stooges will destroy you. The flesh, the world, and the devil. If you're not careful, if you don't pay attention to these things, this morning we talked about being committed to the kingdom of God. We talked about being committed to the purpose of God in our life. If you give in to your flesh, your flesh will give in to the world, and the world, with the help of the devil, will destroy you. These, these, uh, these destroyers, they're out there. There are things that seek to destroy our walk with God, seek to destroy our life in Christ. These destroyers, they're out there. They're lurking. They're waiting. How many remember the story of Job when the Bible says that the sons of God had come together to present themselves unto the Lord and the devil came also. And the Lord looks at the devil and he says, where have thou, where have you been, Satan? He said, I've been to and fro, walking up and down, seeking whom I may devour. It's hard to really stop and think and really realize that there are things out there lurking, things out there waiting to try and to destroy You'll walk with God. But those destroyers, they're out there. They're out there, and these destroyers are recognizable if we will just take off the spiritual blinders and walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. we got to walk in the Spirit. These destroyers are out there. These destroyers, they are, they're recognizable. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Paul told them, 
Paul said, I've declared, I declared this gospel unto you. I've preached this gospel unto you. You are literally standing in this gospel. Man, I watch folks in the church all the time. Man, they come to church. They come up and pray. They give their lives to the Lord. They walk with God. They get baptized in Jesus' name. Some of them even get filled with the Holy Ghost. They are standing in the promises of God. But these devourers, they're lurking. They're waiting. They're watching. Their flesh is in the background saying, you might have got them for a moment, but I'm not going to let up. When they get home, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to send this, and the world, and the neighbors down the street, and entertainment in Hollywood is lurking, and it's waiting and saying, you might think you have them, but I'm going to put this before their eyes, and I'm going to let them see this, and I'm going to bring this. These destroyers, they're lurking, and they're waiting. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Paul's telling the Corinthian church, he's saying, I've preached this to you. I've taught this to you. You've been walking in this. You've been living in this. And still, you're struggling with these things and you're beginning to doubt God and you're beginning to doubt the resurrection. And Paul's saying, listen, without the resurrection, everything you're doing is in vain. You know what that means? That means if you haven't been raised in power, if you haven't been filled with the Spirit of God, you got no way to be transported out of this place. That same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead, when he puts one foot on land and one foot on sea, and he declares time to be no more, that same power, that same spirit is what's going to usher us up out of this place. We need to be filled with the spirit of the living God today. Paul tells them, so I've declared this gospel to you. I've preached this gospel to you. You are standing smack dab in the middle of this gospel. And he says, don't be deceived. If you don't submit to God, you can't serve God by spirit only. This is the danger of all things spiritual. People say, oh, well, everything is spiritual. You don't have to clean up your flesh. Yeah, you do. That's a lie straight from the pits of hell. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you can walk around indecently and be a child of God. No, sir. No, ma'am, you ain't no child of God if you're walking around indecently. You ain't no child of God if you're walking around and praying for somebody one moment and cursing them out the next moment. Come on, you're not a child of God. You ain't serving the same God, and you ain't filled with the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead because it'll transform you. It'll renew you by the transforming of your mind today. And what Paul's telling the Corinthian church is this. You've heard the gospel preached. I mean, no, it takes the truth to save us. You've heard the gospel preached. You've received it. You're standing in the middle of it, but you're not willing to submit to God. I come to tell some folks today, you can go to church seven days a week and not be submitted to God. You got to submit to God. You got to submit to the Lord. You got to submit to the church. You got to be willing to change from the wretched man that you are, the wretched woman that you are. Without the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, you ain't going to make heaven your home. You must be filled with the Spirit. Come on. Paul said, don't be deceived. If you don't submit to God, 
These things will always plague you. These things will always be there in the background, lurking, waiting to tempt you and to destroy you. It don't take much being a little bit unfaithful to church. You'll find yourself doing things that you didn't think you would do. It don't take much for you to stop reading your Bible, stop praying to God, stop spending time with God, stop fellowshipping with the people of God. You're going to find yourself very quickly doing things that you did not think you would do. Why? Because it takes the truth to save you, but you can't protect somebody who doesn't want to be protected. You can't live for God if you're not willing to submit to God. Don't be deceived, Paul said. If you don't submit to God, these things are always going to be there to plague you. And he said, evil communications corrupt good manners. Paul's saying evil conversations. And let me tell you something. That word there in the book of 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, that word there, Evil communications, it don't just mean conversations, it means associations. Look it up in your Strong's Concordance. That's why the Bible tells us don't let your evil be good, don't let your good be evil spoken of. Come on, because evil communications or evil associations corrupt good manners. Corrupt good manners. What Paul was saying was these evil will destroy even the greatest child of God. You can't hold on to that flesh and live for God. You can't hold on to the world and live for God. You can't hold on to your old man and live for God. Because if you do, the devil's always going to use these things against you. And in the end, it's going to cost you your soul. In the end, it's going to cost you your soul. The Bible's plain, church, when it tells us no man can serve two masters. You, come on, he said you'll love one and you'll hate the other. Come on, you'll you'll love one and you'll hate the other. Else you'll hold to one and you'll despise the other, but no man can serve God and mammon. It's not possible. You have a master in your life, and either it's God or it's the world. You either love God enough to serve him, to change from the wretched man you are, submit yourself unto him, but you will not make it if you don't destroy these adversaries that are lurking, waiting to steal your walk with God. The three stooges, the flesh, the world, and the devil. We cannot hold on to these things. We got to realize today, if you're going to walk in righteousness, you got to develop a hatred for the destruction that sin brings. I watch people get sucked out of the church, Brother Greg, back into the world. I I watch people fall back into the things that God delivered them from. I watch their families be torn apart, I watch their marriages be broken. I watch all of this craziness, man, and it causes me to have a hatred for sin. It causes me to hate the destruction of sin. This is what the Bible's talking about when it says, you'll love one and you'll hate the other. You'll hold to one, you'll cling to one, and you'll despise the other. 
We cannot live for God and hold on to the things of this world. It's plain when it tells us no man can serve two masters. If you're going to walk in righteousness, you're going to have to develop a hatred for the destruction that sin brings. You're going to have to realize that you can't do this on your own. I don't care if you never had, which it's probably impossible, but I don't care if you never had a bad habit in your life, you can't do this on your own. I don't care if you're Pentecostal Pete or Apostolic Annie, you can't do this on your own. You need the Spirit of God to help you. You need, the, you need to be endued with power from on high. You need the Spirit of God to lead you or you're going to make a mess out of your life. You're going to make a mess out of your family. You're going to make a mess out of your finances. We need the power of the Holy Ghost in our life today. We're going to do this. we got to realize we can't do it on our own. You cannot overcome your flesh on your own. You cannot overcome worldliness on your own. You cannot overcome the devil. You cannot overcome spiritual wickedness in high places on your own. Church, is going to take the protection. It's going to take the provision of the good shepherd. There's nobody under the sound of my voice today that doesn't need a shepherd in their life. There's nobody under the sound of my voice that's not in danger of the wolf tonight, today. Nobody. Nobody. We all need a shepherd. We all need the protection of the shepherd. We all need the provision of the shepherd. Nobody under the sound of my voice doesn't need the shepherd today. You cannot live in the church and hold on to the world. We cannot overcome these things on our own. It's going to take the protection and the provision of the shepherd today. Paul said, I have preached to you this gospel. You're standing in this gospel. Now just hold on to this gospel. He said, he's the good shepherd. You're the sheep of his pasture. You know, there's a reason why the Bible refers to us, Bill Jediah, as sheep. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. The Bible didn't call you a coyote. Didn't call you a wolf or a lion. Called you a sheep. You know what that is? That should always be a forever reminder. You need a shepherd. Because if you're a sheep, you need a shepherd. Listen, in the, in the, natural, in the natural world... Sheep go where the shepherd leads them. Sheep feed what the shepherd, sheep eat what the shepherd, sheep eat what the shepherds feed them. Man, slow down a little bit. Slow down, slow down. We go where the shepherd leads us. We eat what the shepherd feeds us. Huh? And all of us have need of a shepherd today. And in the natural world, no sheep goes out and challenges a wolf. Have you ever watched a YouTube video of a sheep going out and jumping on a wolf and whooping him? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It never will happen. You know why? Because sheep were not created to destroy wolves. Huh? No. Sheep were created to stay behind the shepherd. 
Sheep were created to live in the protection and the provision of the shepherd. I come to tell some sheep today, don't get outside the safety of the church. Don't get outside the safety of the Holy Ghost. You need the shepherd in your life today. Clap your hands and magnify the Lord all over this house. You need the protection. You need the provision. You need the sustenance that the Lord feeds you today. You need the bread that come down from heaven that can save your soul today. In the natural, no sheep will ever challenge a wolf. Let me tell you something. It wouldn't be very wise for a child of God to try to go out and jump on the devil without the Holy Ghost. Uh-uh. Not going to be the best decision you ever made today. It's foolish to think that sheep can overcome a wolf on their own. It's foolish to think that we can overcome our flesh on our own. It's foolish to think that we can overcome the world on our own. We need the power of the Holy Ghost today. The sheep is wise in the fact that it gets behind the protection and the provision of the shepherd. Church, I come to tell you today, we got to submit to the Lord. There's some people under the sound of my voice today, you're that close. You're that close. You've heard just what the, the Apostle Paul said to the church at Corinth. You've heard the preaching of the gospel. You know the truth. You're standing in the truth. But you ain't willing to protect yourself by getting behind the shepherd. I come to tell you today, sheep were not designed to jump on the wolf. You let the good shepherd jump on the wolf. He's never lost a battle. His train fills the temple. Huh? The skirt of his robe is just following behind him. You know, every time in the Old Testament, when a king would go out and he would defeat an army, he would take and he would add another piece to his robe. That's what the Bible says when it says his train fills the temple. That means he never lost a battle. Every battle he ever went into, he was victorious. Huh? You get behind the good shepherd. You trust in the Lord. You place your life in his hands. You submit yourself to God. Come on. The Bible says that don't go out and just rebuke the devil and jump on the devil. It says submit yourself to God and then resist the devil and he will flee from you. But you got to submit yourself to God today. Some of us are right there. We've received the truth. We're standing in the truth. The truth is all around us. But we're refusing to submit to God. Come on, I come to talk to this body for a moment today. You ain't going to make it without submission. Submission is not an elective course. It's not something you get to choose whether you want. It's not on the menu at the salad bar. It's not black olives today. You don't get to say, I don't want that in my salad mix. If you're going to live for God, you're going to submit to God. And if you ain't going to submit to God, you ain't going to make it to heaven. You're going to be devoured by the wolf because the wolf was, the sheep was never made to jump on the wolf. It's made to get behind the shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The Lord left the splendor of heaven in search of every one of you. He saw you in your broken state. 
He saw you in the midst of your confusion, in the midst of your addiction, in the midst of your anxiety, in the midst of your marital problems, in the midst of your financial mess. The Lord saw you right where you were at, and he left the splendor of heaven, and he came and he found you. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep, and he's asking you today to join the flock of God. Come and enjoy the safety and the provision of God. But every sheep has got to submit to the shepherd. Every sheep has got to submit to the shepherd. This word communication uh, that the Bible, that Paul used here in this chapter, does not just mean conversations. It comes from a Greek word that means associations. That's why the Bible tells us to, re, to abstain from and to refrain from all appearance of evil. Can I tell you today that good people spending too much time with people who are a bad influence will never give you a good result? I, I don't care to recount the amount of times that I have watched good people think that they were going to help somebody who was a bad influence on their life and all they did was pull them down. Good people spending too much time in the presence of bad influences will tear you down. If somebody's trashing your church, don't spend too much time with them. If somebody ain't supporting your pastor, don't spend too much time with them. If somebody's going against the teaching of the church, the doctrine of separation, the doctrine of the new birth, whatever it might be, baptism in Jesus' name, whatever it might be, if they're going against the teachings of the church, you better watch spending too much time with them because those bad influences are the wolves that are lurking in your life. It's the flesh. It's the world. It's the devil. And they're seeking to steal and kill and to destroy today. And let me tell you something, some, some, there's some good people out there that don't even realize they're being used by the devil. But when somebody comes to you trying to tear down your church, they're being used by the devil. They're being used by the devil. And I don't care who you are or what you are, you can be used by the devil. The flesh, the world, and the devil are three stooges that are lurking around in the lives of God's people, waiting, seeking to destroy them. Come on. Sister Charlene was talking about it this morning in Sunday school. You know, just a little bit, one day out of church or one day not reading your Bible or one day not praying will quickly become two. Two will become three. Three will become four. Come on, young people, listen. You, you can miss a couple services and all of a sudden you find yourself fighting for your soul. I watched it. I watched young people miss a couple of services in church, and the next thing you know, they're out in the world doing everything they was big enough to do because they was not committed to the kingdom of God. You think every church service don't matter? You're wrong. It matters. You think every prayer meeting don't matter? You're wrong. It matters. You think every men's meeting don't matter? You're wrong. It matters. The best thing you can do is submit yourself to God and get all in the church. Because you need the safety and the protection and the provision of the good shepherd. One day will become two. Two days will become three. Three days will become four. Too much 
time in the presence of people that are a bad influence on you will tear you down and it will not have a good result. All of a sudden, you'll find yourself acting in a way that you never thought you had acted before. Church one, bad apple, spoil a whole bunch. One bad apple, spoil a whole bunch. One rotten potato, mess up a whole bag. Sure will, I've seen it. Right there in my pantry. You got to get that rotten potato out of that bag. Because too much time in the presence of bad influence is going to destroy your soul. It's going to destroy your soul. Listen, I'm not saying that the church shouldn't be willing to help people. And listen, everybody needs the Lord. Everybody needs the Lord, but we got to cling to Calvary while we're trying to pull people along. You don't leave Calvary and spend time in the presence of the devil. Don't ever try to barter with the devil. Don't ever try to barter with your flesh. You better get your flesh under control if you want to walk with God. I don't care what the the Lord tells you to do. You better get your flesh under control if you're going to live for God. Because your flesh will destroy you. Your flesh will destroy you. We cannot fulfill the lust of the flesh. We got to get the flesh under control. This is why the Bible gives us things like fasting. Why, why do we need to fast? To teach our flesh who's in control. That's why we fast. We don't fast because it's fun to feel your belly hurt with hunger pains. No, you don't. You fast to let your flesh know you ain't in control of my life. The Spirit of God is in control of my life. And when I don't feel like going to church, I'm going to church anyway. When I don't feel like reading my Bible, I'm going to read my Bible anyway. When I don't feel like praying, I'm going to pray anyway. I got to let my flesh know it's not in control of my life. These are the stooges that plague us time after time after time. And I watch people go to church for decades and never get their flesh under control. You're never going to live for God. You're never going to be successful living for God if you don't get your flesh under control. The flesh is one of your three stooges that will plague you the rest of your natural life if you don't submit it to God. you got to submit your flesh to God today. One bad apple spoil a whole bunch. A little leaving, leaving it the whole lump. You got to watch out for these three stooges. They're lurking. They're trying to destroy you. They're waiting. Your flesh, the worldliness in your life. The devil, who's the motivator behind it all, he's driving. He's a driving force, and he's telling your flesh things. How many, how many, how many have ever been torn, between two, halted between two opinions within yourself? You know what that is? That's your spirit warring against your flesh. You're fighting a battle. You're fighting a war. And your flesh will destroy you if you let it run your life. That's the reason why people do unthinkable things, because their flesh is in control of their life. you got to let your spirit, you got to let your inner man come up out of that basement. He's banging on that door. You need to open that cellar. You need to let that spirit man rise up and let him begin to lift up the name of Jesus. Because that's what you were created to do. That's what you were created to do. You need to let your inner man, you need to let the spirit of God run your life today. You need to submit your flesh to God. We got to watch out for these three stooges. Your flesh, the worldliness, and the devil.
Let me tell you something, the bad influence of these three stooges, it doesn't only come from individuals. Uh, I've watched academia destroy young people. Well, it's good to get an education, but you better not let that education get you. I've watched academia destroy young people. I've watched Hollywood destroy young people. I've watched bad influences of politics destroy and divide families. I was talking to a lady at work the other day. She said, man, when we go to our family get-togethers at Christmas, she said, you won't believe the tension. Part of these people are Democrats and part of these people are Republicans, and we can't even get our family together no more. That's the bad influence of politics in your life. It should never divide your family. should never divide your family. A bad apple will spoil the whole bunch. A little leaving, leaving it the whole lump. We don't only see these bad influences come from individuals. We watch children raised by devices be destroyed, subjected to things that they should never see as adults. And you allow these things to raise your children. You better be careful about the bad influences in your life because you're going to be sorry when they have destroyed your child. You're going to be sorry when they have destroyed your child. We watch these bad influences. I watch sports activities take the place of the things of God. Oh, you're meddling, Pastor. Yeah, I am because I'm the pastor here and I can do it. I watch sports activities take the place of the house of God. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You're teaching your children the wrong things. You're teaching your, look, I'm not preaching against sports. My my girls played softball, but their coach knew at 6 o'clock on the dot, we was leaving that practice and we were headed to the house of God. And if you have a ball game on Sunday, you better count on it. My kids ain't going to be there. I know you might not like that. I know, I know that ain't popular stuff right there. But I'll watch sports destroy the things of God. People allow sports activities to take the place. You're teaching your children the wrong things. Allowing bad influence. I watch young girls be influenced by other players on their basketball team. Next thing you know, they're leading an alternative lifestyle. You better be careful what you subject your children to. You better be careful what you subject your children to. You better be careful what you allow to take the place of the things of God in your life. You're never going to make it to heaven if you're not willing to submit to God. Come on. I know this is a little pastoral today. But this church needs to hear it. We need to hear exactly what Paul was saying to the Corinthian church. I have preached it to you. I have taught it to you. You're standing smack dab in the middle of the blessings of God. And you will not submit yourself to it. We got to submit ourselves to God if we're going to make heaven our home. Man, if we can't prioritize God's things here we sure enough ain't going to get the opportunity to do it in heaven. If we can't choose to go to church, here we go. I'm, here we go. You ready? Some folks going to get mad. 
if we can't choose to go to church instead of going to a birthday party here, we sure enough ain't going to get the opportunity to do it in heaven. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You know what? I'll, I'll stand here and tell all my family today, set up a birthday party on Sunday and watch and see if I miss the house of God to come. No, you got to take a stand for the things of God and you got to submit yourself to God or your flesh is going to run your life. Your flesh is going to run your life. The bad influence of these three stooges are everywhere. They're everywhere. Wolves lurking to destroy the sheep. You are the sheep of his pasture. He is the good shepherd. He wants to protect us. He wants to provide for us. He wants to look out for us. But you can't get out from behind the protection of the shepherd and think you can go outside the flock and still obtain the provision of the shepherd. Stand with me all over this house as the musicians come quickly. Paul was preaching to a people that he taught exactly what the Lord had revelated to him. He taught them the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had to come back and let them know, I don't need you to reinvent the wheel. I don't need you to try to change the gospel. You just need to declare the gospel. And I'm telling this church today, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We just need to live for God with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. We got to give God everything. We got to live for God with all we got because there's wolves lurking in the shadows waiting to destroy us and waiting to steal our walk with God. John, John the Revelator warned us about the dangers of worldliness. Can I tell you, a church that won't come out from amongst them and be ye separate, say that the Lord is not a church at all. It's not. It's not. If we're not willing, if we're not willing to come out from the things of this world, if we're not willing to lay down the things of this world, you're not a part of the church of the living God. You're not. We must realize today, John warned us about the dangers of worldliness. He said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Because if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's what John said. That's what John the Revelator said. Come on. I didn't say it. The Word of God said it. If any man love the world or the things of the world, the love of the Father is not in. Why do you think Jesus told that rich man, take all that you have, sell it, and give it to the poor? What he was saying was, if it means more to you than I do, you got to get rid of it. Take that for what you will. Take that in your relationships. Take that in your possessions. Take that in your time. Whatever you will. If it means more to you than the Lord does, you better get rid of it. Because it'll keep you from heaven. It'll keep you from heaven. And nothing's worth losing your soul over. 
Nothing's worth losing your soul over. John warned us about the dangers of worldliness. He said, don't love this world that you're living in. Neither the things of this world that you're living in. If any man loves this world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's not in him. Come on. There ain't nothing wrong with having that nice car you got. As long as you let that nice car you got take you to the house of God. Instead of some drunken, drugging concert, you ain't got no place at in the first place. I've seen the likes of people missing church to go to ball games and concerts and all these things. You better learn to prioritize your walk with God. You better learn to prioritize your walk with God because your flesh is going to cost you your soul. If you're not careful, it's one of these three stooges that are constantly lurking waiting to destroy you. You got to surrender yourself. You got to submit yourself to the things of God, the flesh, your worldliness, and the devil lurking, waiting, waiting for an opportunity to steal your children from you, steal your marriage from you, steal your blessings from you. If you let your flesh run your life, it's going to cost you your soul today. John said, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. He said, it's not of God. It's not of God. The pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, these things are not of God. It's of this world. These things are temporary. These things are going to pass away. These things are going to be destroyed can't get buried with your Cadillac. You can't take your gold chain with you. You can't take all the nice things you obtain in this life with you. It's all temporary. It's all temporary. It's all monetary. It doesn't mean anything. When you die, somebody else is going to have it. But there's eternity at stake today. You got to submit yourself to God if you want to be with Him forever. You want to live with God forever. He said, these things are temporary. These things are going to pass away. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Abideth forever. We're talking about eternal things today. We're talking about eternity with Christ today. We're talking about eternity with heaven. We're talking about streets of gold and gates of pearl. We're talking about eternity with him. We're talking about our mansion that God has prepared for us. Nothing in this world is worth you losing your soul today. Nothing in this world, no relationship you have, no person in your life, nothing in this world is worth you losing your soul today. You better be careful of these three stooges. They're lurking, they're waiting, they're trying to destroy your walk with God. Worldliness will have its way with you. You got to separate yourself from the world. You got to live for God. You got to submit yourself unto God today. I hope and pray that something that's said in this place today will cause you to pay attention to the things, the three stooges that want to destroy your soul. Steal your life in Christ. As we sing this song, these altars are open today. I wonder if there's anybody in this place who say, Lord, I need your protection today. 
I understand why you don't want me to go there and why you don't want me to do that and why I need to be faithful to you. Lord, I understand why I need to submit to you to now because I'm a sheep, Lord, and I wasn't designed to to destroy a wolf. I need your protection and I need your provision because there's stooges waiting for me. There's wolves waiting for me. They want to destroy me. They want to take away the blessings you have for me, for my family. These altars are open today.